2: And I am with, I believe I'm here, unless I'm drunk already, which is always possible, John. That's. true. I think I'm here with two other people, including you, John. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep,
0: I'm here. Okay,
2: you are. You are here, and then allegedly. we have a third person here. Allegedly, we have mm-hmm. a third person. Allegedly, who some of you, most of you, all of you, definitely know. Megan is back. <gasps> Welcome, back. Megan. Allegedly, she's thank you. Back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we. maybe maybe she pre-recorded all of this, and we're pretending Listen. that she's actually here, but she's not, because she's that trained and that cool. You know what I mean? Like, she could do that. That's all I'm saying.
0: Yeah, maybe she's an AI robot or something. You know what I mean?
2: Well, and that's, you know, frankly, that's highly... Po- I would say that's more <laughs> likely than not that that's exactly what she is. So that's, so that's good. Um, well, welcome to Shaken and Disturbed, everyone. What are you... What are you uh, drinking today, guys? And Megan, I want to hear all about what you've been up to since seeing you recently. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, go ahead, Megan. What's been up? Oh, <laughs> my
1: turn. Well, uh, cheers, guys. I am drinking. Uh, I was keeping it light today. It's a beautiful day outside. So I've got a uh, vodka soda. Mm. So very light, Ooh. very spritzy. Okay. And I'm, uh, a,
2: I'm a little jealous because like, I kind of got off the vodka soda train a little bit. Because I was thinking that about you, Dan. I I got a little bored by it, truthfully. <laughs> I got a little bored by it. No shade to you now, Megan. No shade there. Uh, but I just kept ordering it so much. <laughs> and uh, I needed to, like, get into gin and get into something else. So I'm bringing back a classic that I have sort of had off and on. And I am going to have a Greyhound, but it's with gin this time. So it's grapefruit and gin. Dang. So I'm, I'm, I'm. I'm, I'm Listen, Megan's back, John. I know. We have
0: to celebrate.
2: Exactly. And in fact,
0: that's a great segue into what I'm drinking, which is not alcohol again because of things I have to do after this recording. But... Fair. To celebrate, though, I'm very excited because Darren and Megan, you probably know how I get about my products. If I find a product I really like, I like sharing it with everyone. Well... I love a coffee before Uh-oh. the show because it warms my go. voice up a little bit, you know. But I, I always need a little bit of creamer. And I have been going with this just general, I think it's like Coffee Mate Italian sweet cream for so long. But I, I
2: thought you did. Did you do Dunkin' Donuts Okay,
0: creamer? so then I did the Dunkin' Donuts, and I didn't love it. Okay. We had a whole debate, Darren. Okay, because I mean, you're... I mean, every wait, day... Wait,
2: Megan. Wait, let's just stop. D- Megan, <laughs> you yes. drink coffee, right? I do drink <laughs> coffee. Okay. If you had to choose... Between getting a cup of Starbucks coffee or getting a cup of Dunkin' but, Donuts coffee, but
0: before you answer, it's black yes. coffee, right? We're going with just a just standard black. black. We're just going
2: black. Yeah, we're not we're not fancy lattes. Like, just okay, basic stuff.
1: Do you have a preference,
2: <laughs> Megan? And I'm not talking. I'm just talking about coffee. I'm not talking about convenience or anything like that.
1: Go. Yeah, uh, Starbucks is definitely
2: <laughs> my preference. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. I
0: win again.
2: Well. No, I mean, listen, I knew I'm I was better than John. I'm so sorry I'm better than you too, Megan. That's That sucks for you, and I I
1: apologize, but... Uh, Megan well, is the
0: final I, voice um, of you the know, show. The, I
2: reign supreme I just, here.
1: I lived in Providence for a couple of years, and it was so in-your-face, the Starbucks. Starbucks. Uh, I'm sorry, yeah. Dunkin, Donuts, Dunkin' Donuts headquarters yeah. is mm. in Providence, Rhode Island, and they just the way Starbucks is in New York, Dunkin' Donuts was... <laughs> everywhere probably more i went to college there and i was just so over dunkin donuts by the time i finished college (laughs) okay so megan is admitting
0: her bias at least a little bit here she has an experience with it
2: john and i have to do a patreon only (laughs) like a patrons only debate about coffee because like we literally derailed the case like last week (laughs) by like our opening intro was like 20 minutes of me like shitting on john for his coffee preferences anyway i digress john we'll have to do that next week but john Go ahead with your fucking creamer. Well,
0: let me just say, so I finally moved off yes. of the Dunkin' Donuts creamer. It was fine. It's not bad. It's just not what I was looking for. Well, in celebration of Megan, I tried a new creamer. This is gonna. This is like fatty and gross, but it's Funfetti flavored creamer. You know the Funfetti cake mix that is to die uh, for.
2: The best cake it's ever. The best
0: cake ever. Except it's the it's best, best ev- Cake ever. Yeah, that
1: sounds uh, so good.
0: It is the uh, most delicious coffee. It's better than Starbucks. It's better than Dunkin'. We can all agree. There's no debate anymore. We can all agree. Just get a Keurig K cup with some Funfetti creamer, <laughs> and the debate there's there will be world peace. Is what I'm trying to say here.
2: I mean, there should be Funfetti at every <laughs> event possible. Absolutely. Like, and people who think it's not classy, like. I could have Ugh. a wedding at the plaza, and if my wedding cake isn't funfetti, then I'm the wedding didn't upset. really happen. That's Absolutely. how I, yeah, I, I'm genuinely, sure. I'm genuinely upset. Okay, so before we get into this week's <laughs> case, because Megan, I'm all over the place today, but Megan, okay. you did the re- you did the research. That's this week right. For this case, and you had sent us an email, and the email was subject line: "Bathtub Girls." To which this lesbian responded <laughs> differently <laughs> than, than I, I think anyone else on the show, and I just want to say, "Fuck you" for the <laughs> the the run around here. Um, <laughs> yes, the tease. Uh, but this is this is an interesting case that you sent us, right? And there was sort of a movie based on it uh, that didn't kind of fill in the facts entirely as they were as they were
1: unfolding. Yes. Yeah. So the. This case took place in Canada and the two perps in this case were underage girls, as we will see. I'm not giving away any spoilers. Um, Canadian law says that uh, they're very big on protecting the identity of minors who commit for crimes. So in a lot of the case law, they will change the name of anyone who's a minor and they'll change the name of anyone affiliated with the case who is not a minor to protect the identity of the kids involved so in this case it's two young daughters and a mother and everyone's name is different in all of the court records that I saw Uh, Mm. in the media they were giving pseudonyms and um, in the US media the US media took the pseudonyms Um, I believe they were uh, Sandra and Elizabeth in the media is what they were called the two girls um, but uh, a South American newspaper got hold of their legal names. So I went ahead with their legal names and I did find one court record, which was one of the first ones that had everyone's legal name in it, including most of the witnesses, but not all, because there, there were some affiliated people in the case who were underage. So I used their full names, their, their legal names, Caroline and... Catherine. And I believe the they're
2: my age, right? I mean, they're 33, 34. They were born like yeah. in the 80s. So now they are of age. So when we say their names, right. there's no illegality here. Uh, Correct. Okay. Okay. I just yeah, want to nothing wrong with it. Yeah, no, no, no. That is really good to know. And uh that can be very confusing. I often wonder when people say like in a New Yorker article, for example, or whatever, and they're like John, you know, that's a pseudonym, of course. Is it? Like, what if they say that it's a pseudonym, but it's not a pseudonym? You know, because, like... How confusing would that be
1: when you're doing (laughs) research?
2: Wait, wouldn't that be, like, the ultimate ruse of in Plain Sight of saying that it's a pseudonym, but it isn't? But anyway, uh, what if this entire time John, Darren, and Megan were pseudonyms for our own names just just throwing something out a, there just have a drink have a drink <laughs> well, well exactly have well cheers to you both cheers yeah. guys we need to tell you about one of our new amazing sponsors wicked clothes john and i absolutely love this company they're a clothing company with merch about pretty much anything paranormal Bigfoot, Mothman, ghost hunting. We really think you guys listening are going to love these clothes. You can see all of their amazing designs at wickedclothes.com. They just released a Halloween collection because whether you realize it or not, It's Halloween season already, and one of their shirts says True Crime Club, so you definitely have to pick that one up. Another says Serial Killer Documentaries and Chill, so of course you gotta grab that too. And they have a hat that says Paranormal Investigator. So wear that next time you're creeping around a cemetery at midnight listening to Shaken and Disturbed, you know, so everyone knows you're official. Honestly, I have a shirt That is one of my favorite shirts. It is about a demon cat and it's like this old detective novel. Needless to say, I already got my mom into it. Needless to say, my mom already bought one. Needless to say, it's my favorite new shirt. Yeah, so do yourself a favor and take a minute to browse their site. That's wickedclothes.com. And if you use coupon code SHAKEN, you can get 10% off. If you want to save some time, you can get that coupon automatically applied by going to the link wickedclothes.com slash shaken.
0: So the sisters, Caroline Karubin, 16 at the time of the crime, And Catherine Corubin, 15 at the time, are commonly referred to by Canadian and American media by the names Sandra and Elizabeth Anderson, respectively, as they were minors at the time of the crime, and Canadian law requires that the media protect the identity of children, as Megan so eloquently uh, spoke about here at the top of the show. Um sorry I thought one of you were going to jump in there. Um I thought I heard a breath. So most of this information comes from I'm a mess. Let me redo this cuz I just missed that. <laughs> All right.
2: Hilarious.
0: <laughs> I just skipped number 1 for no reason.
2: Yeah.
0: Their mother, Ann Carubin, was referred to by the media as Linda Anderson for the same reason. All names were subsequently published by Spanish news reports. Most of this information comes from court records. As Megan said, all the minors' names have been redacted or changed in media articles, but is still in the legal documents. So we're going to be using their, na- their real names here for the show. So, Anne Margaret Lebenshin, I think I'm saying that correctly. Megan, of course, as our resident researcher, please jump in if I'm wrong. Thank you.
1: I I might be a researcher, but I do not. You're speak not. Polish. You're not Polish. Okay. <laughs> She's, she ain't Polish. All right, yeah, fair exactly.
0: enough. And uh, neither am I. Um, was born in Poland in 1959. She became a young wife to a man named Karubin. Megan, you had mentioned you you knew this guy's last name, but you couldn't find a first name for this guy anywhere, right?
2: Couldn't find it anywhere. Nope.
0: <laughs> it's funny, Which like all very, this. I
2: wonder if that's. I wonder if that's also a European thing. Like I w- yeah. wonder if just the records kind of got yeah you know, washed over for lack of a better term because to not he's not share like to not find a, a first name seems right. uh a full name for this guy seems very odd to me yeah it also I makes would
0: me imagine
1: think... he um oh, sorry.
0: oh no i was gonna say Go it, it, i wonder if it has something to do with world war ii you know like the destruction of buildings and records and things like that megan what were you gonna say
1: Oh, I got the impression that he he wasn't in the picture of anyone's life long before the crime took place, and I would imagine that it just had to do with, like, why are we giving someone else a pseudonym and making the whole naming situation more confusing for no reason, because he was long gone. He, yeah. he left when the girls were very young you're about to say yes so. yes
0: that's right the, the fun thing about having megan on the show is she is psychic so she knows what i'm about to say at she's any time very
2: clairvoyant yes. she's very
0: clairvoyant um so ann and and so megan we should do a segment where you like read our palms or something i don't know just throwing it out there you know
1: Let's Between do John's
2: tarot cards and Megan's <laughs> I clairvoyance, I feel like my future's set here. I'm not bringing anything to the table. Not to so, mention
0: uh, Megan's taxidermy, if for nothing else. True.
2: So, That's true. Anne
0: and her husband emigrated to Ontario, Canada, where she gave birth to three children. Caroline was born in 1987. Darren, you are born in 87, I believe, right?
2: No, sweetie. I was born when Catherine Eight. was born in 88. That's right.
0: Catherine was born in 88. Followed by the birth of their youngest child, Robert. Why is it, Darren, do you think all these years I just, for some reason, have a big issue with age with you? It's like, I don't know what it is.
2: I think because I give off the impression of an 85-year-old lesbian (laughs) woman living in the suburbs that sometimes you and Megan forget that I'm really just like Mm. you guys. Okay,
0: that makes sense. Because I'm
2: just kind of like... Inward, You know what I
0: mean? Yeah, for those who don't know what I'm talking about, the very beginning of Martinis and Murder, which Megan was also a part of, of course, if you're new to the show, um, which was our previous show, I, for some reason, could not grasp that Darren was only two years younger than I am.
2: Yeah, it was like very... It was like a glitch in your brain (laughs) that you, like, couldn't compute it. I think at one point Megan turned to you and you were just like, why do you keep messing this up? Like, you'd think it would be basic. Alas... Alas, no. no. Alas, no. It's, uh, yes. I
0: think I'll get there one day. That, Darren Carpenter, born in nineteen eighty, whatever. Got it. hmm mm-hmm. Anyway. Sadly, Anne was abandoned by her husband and became a single mother, around which time she fell into a deep depression... Her depression was accompanied by an alcohol dependence, which had grown increasingly problematic as her children grew up. As it will, by the way, if you're, you know, sounds like she's an alcoholic here. That's going to have big ramifications when you're a family unit. Well, in 2002, when her daughters Caroline and Catherine were 16 and 15, respectively, Anne was working two jobs to keep her family afloat and was constantly drunk. Caroline and Catherine always seemed to be irritated with their mother's drunkenness at the time the girls annoyance never seemed to be out of concern for their mother however instead the sisters often made comments expressing annoyance that their mom quote wasted so much money on alcohol which Hmm. is interesting and I'll be honest you know like I have family members and friends and and family members of friends in fact who are you know addicted or have alcoholism or whatever I mean who doesn't know somebody like that and this concept of like the amount of resources that are wasted in this person's alcoholism or addiction is a common thread that I feel like most yeah exactly that I feel like most you know families and friends have to deal with it's a sad reality of of this um, if it's alcoholism this disease
2: Yeah, no, I I, I do agree with that. And, you know, that's the thing, too, is I'm... When I say impressed, I don't... I can't think of a better word for it, but, like, you ever see those rock stars that are, like, addicted to heroin Mm. or alcohol and they perform, like, this incredible show and play these instruments and, like... Like, I'm not like that. The fact that this woman could kind of, at least in the meantime right now, hold down these two jobs while raising three kids on her own and constantly drunk... Is like something that I could never, I just, I don't even know how you can do that, although there are high functioning people for sure. But it's interesting to me that the girl's annoyance isn't necessarily about their mother's health, but about the money that she's spending. But both could be concerns if for some reason the kids didn't have enough to eat and they see their mother, you know, it's. It might not be that so much that they're not concerned about her health. It's just that they see the money more than may- they maybe see her health
0: That's a very good point. So it is about survival at that point for a lot of families.
2: Exactly. So th- there could be more to this story. Yeah. Well, the girls reported as jealous that their family didn't have a lot of money and their friends owned better things like swimming pools and clothes, We see this all the time on Instagram, even now, uh, even (laughs) for a lot of us, you know? And however, in later interviews, there seemed to be a much darker side to their home life. In November of 2020, Caroline recounted that their mother's live-in boyfriend, Henry, referred to as Doug in in some places, Mm -hmm. was physically abusive to herself, her sister, and her mother. Mm. Caroline describes dinner being reserved for special occasions and that she and her sister were both victims of prolonged sexual abuse by someone close to the family. So Ugh. a lot of darkness, well, to say the least. If
0: I could jump in here, dinner being described as something special? Like, imagine that. I mean, that's yeah. that's a really great kind of visual or kind of emotional description here of like how serious and disastrous this family setup was
2: yeah and not to bring it back to even like current times but you know like i'm i'm on vacation right now with my girlfriend for at least a little bit just out east and just with everything happening in afghanistan right now and like yeah. what the women are going through it's like it totally puts stuff into perspective like what you just said about yeah. you know dinner is not something that we're like oh it's friday that's special occasion I know. it's dinner is an everyday thing and i think those are lots of things that we kind of take for granted um i've been doing,
0: doing our... that oh i'm sorry keep going yeah
2: no just in a in a in a pri- for we have privilege in a totally. lot of ways and it just especially what's what's happening in afghanistan it just i don't know it highlights it even more for me
0: the older i get and a quick little side tangent based on what you were just saying the older i get the more i am am aware of our my privilege and our privilege collectively just being born into a body in the united states you know what yeah. i mean like it's rough for certain it's definitely rough for a lot of people in the united states but when you look at what is going on as a society in afghanistan right now and and several other um moments throughout history like let's not just pin it on afghanistan it's like i am very aware of the luck that i have when it comes to how i move through this world and i agree with you full uh fully darren on that
2: yeah, every every time I hold, like and I mean this, every time I get to hold my girlfriend's hand mm-hmm. and walk down the street, I, I never forget how many places that, not only as a woman, but as a gay woman, yeah. certainly a gay man, yes, but just men, they are afforded different privileges sometimes, and especially totally. women in those countries, is just, I never forget it, and I just wanted to make a point here to kind of just remind everyone that uh you know hopefully if you're able to listen to this podcast in a safe place that's that right you're probably better off than a lot of people out there right that's
0: now. a great so that's, point
2: It's always so it a good thing well back to this story now yeah. caroline recalled being 12 years old and confiding in a priest at bible camp about being molested mm. and the priest encouraged her to confront her abuser
0: which you don't hear I, of often by the way
2: Right for me if I were to make my own like prejudiced remark about just everything I've heard in terms of religion now I don't know how you grew up Megan I don't know if you had religion in your life so maybe you might have something more to say here but for me I feel like a priest wouldn't encourage them to confront the abuser I feel like the priest would encourage them to like repent their sins and then God would forgive this act or something like that I I've never really heard about anyone confronting their abuser because of a priest's advice.
1: No, I didn't grow up super religious or anything, okay. but um, I, I was surprised that the priest didn't necessarily make anything worse.
0: Yeah, right. Really. Yes, right?
1: Also, yes, exactly. exactly. I mean, here you have this young 12-year-old girl coming to an adult who's like an authority figure in her life, mm-hmm. sure. and his answer is, oh, you're getting abused. Um, you should tell him to stop. Like, I tell him to stop come right, at 12 come right on. which
2: isn't a good thing either it just seems to it seems to be odd advice
1: like why yeah. not tell the police it, or it seems thing. like he's washing his hands of it which is yes ridiculous to me that's insane
2: and also putting a lot of onus on a 12 year old uh who
1: that's what i was know, just going to
0: say yeah
2: 12 uh, year old is pretty big well when caroline who was 12 at the time confronted him, threatening to tell his mother if he didn't stop her abuser called her bluff he said go right ahead and he just came and hurt me. Now, Caroline was disappointed that the priest didn't report the abuse himself, but felt she had no other recourse of her own. She also recalled her mother frequently driving while intoxicated with her and her two siblings along in the car. Mm. Now, in the 2020 interview, Caroline stated, quote, It was my tragic, mistaken belief that I had that my mom was going to die from this. She was never going to stop drinking. I should just kill her because it was like torture being trapped here, trapped there. The hate did blind me. Now, Caroline recalls having reached out for help at all avenues, she says, including relatives, even the Children's Aid Society, to report the neglect and abuse going on in her home. However, when CAS, the Children's Aid Society investigators, came to her home, she became frightened and overcome with humiliation and embarrassment and ultimately sabotaged the caseworker. She stated, quote, I just hope that if a little bit was revealed, they'd continue their investigation and rescue us, but it just ended. I talked about the drinking, but I should have talked more about the violence. There would have." They would have cared more about the violence so however none of the information that came to light in the 2020 interview was known by anyone in 2003 at the time the events of this case took place everyone including the media and legal team saw caroline and Catherine as sisters who were sick of being poor and having an alcoholic mother so it just goes to show that headlines don't necessarily show everything that you see and also i just kind of want to state that again none of us have children But I imagine that there's a lot of embarrassment if, like, CPS or, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, Child Protective Services kind of comes to your home. And if, at, uh, you know, a 12 or 14 year old kid, uh, even though they know that there's violence going on in the home, could still be very scared about getting help and scared from the repercussions. Because as we saw from when uh, Caroline. Uh, you know, confronted her abuser, he didn't give a shit about what she yeah. said, an abuser anyway. So she doesn't really have any reason to believe any authority figure here. And so I just want to state that. No,
0: that's a very good point. And you have to also think about being a young kid and calling and reaching out the way Caroline so bravely did. And then people, sh- like actual agencies showing up at your house, it goes from. You know, quote unquote normal, whatever it was, you know, even if it was violent and, and sad and tragic, to, oh shit, there are people here to hold my parents accountable, you know, my mom accountable. You know, this moment you, you just described, Darren, she became frightened and overcome with humiliation and embarrassment. That feeling is exactly why so many victims of abuse, whether it's physical, domestic, sexual, can't reach out because. The feeling right. gets so real. It's like, oh shit, I have to, now I have to step up and find the courage to confront uh, the truth of all of this. And, um, and am I ready for that? And so, especially when you're a child, it's right. like you have to really go through an emotional maturity just to get the help you need. And that's asking a lot of anybody, but especially children, in my opinion. Sure. Um, well said. Yeah, thank you. Well, in early fall of 2002, Caroline and Catherine developed a plan to kill their mother. The plan, formulated over an extended period of time, consisted of giving Anne, their mother, Tylenol 3s, which are Tylenol with codeine, and continuing to make her drink alcohol. Now, obviously, I'm not a pharmacologist, but Megan, you might have done some of this research. I'm assuming that's a toxic, lethal dosage when you mix the threes the tylenol threes with codeine right there,
1: there's codeine in cough syrup
0: yeah right, right? that's what i i yeah. believe so yeah
1: yeah Let's i see. mean codeine's controlled um right it won't necessarily kill you but it'll certainly slow you way down
0: yeah especially if you're mixing it with alcohol i think right isn't that the right the right way it works yeah
1: yeah That. Right.
0: I remember, I, I know it is um, controlled here in the United States, I don't know about Canada where I think this is all going down. I remember I was in Italy in the summer of 2008 and I got really, really sick while I was there and mm-hmm. you can just go anywhere and buy like Maximum strength codeine <laughs> in the cough syrup. Oh, wow. Yeah, like it's not regulated there. And I don't know what, I I have to talk to my friend. I'm still good friends with him. His name's Sam. And he listens to the show, actually. I, I just remembered. Hi, Sam. Sam was such a great friend. And I had just met him. He was my, um, my flatmate, when I was teaching in uh, in Italy that summer, and he went out and, like, got me all my medicine and came and took care of me, and whatever was in this codeine, or whatever was in this cough syrup, it cured me <laughs> overnight. The next day, I had full energy and was doing cartwheels down down the streets of Rome, so... Just a little thought I had about codeine.
2: Oh, great, great, great. <laughs> yeah. Great,
0: Meanwhile, great. here you have I to have like. I hope your kids are listening, people. Yeah. <laughs> I know Sam has kids, <laughs> so that's funny. Um, yeah. It's just a funny thing that happened to me back in the day. So I have a little bit of experience. You know, here you have to show your ID just to get cough syrup. At least in New York City, you did. Um,
2: also, I'm I'm I just want to just kind of circling back. Yeah, sure. This is now 2002. So that's the right. girls are around 15, 16, 15, 14, 15-ish, which is a pretty, pretty young. Yeah. And for them to kind of hatch this plan. Yeah, that's of, a good point. Yes. And Now, granted, the internet existed, so obviously they could probably mm-hmm. look up, uh, you know, some sort of family combination, but... It's it's that seems like I mean, I guess if I were to go, it seems like a peaceful way to go. But it it seems like very disturbing that it's kind of 15 that this was sort of their option as opposed to, I think, what we hear normally is like, I'm going to run away.
0: Right. Yeah. But that's another example of like, what are their resources? You know, right maybe they really truly feel like the only way to survive is to do this. And I'm not trying to, like, justify anything that's about to we're about to speak of here on the show, but this is what I feel like happens with so many cases that we've talked about over the years, Darren, is like these killers or these murderers are just pushed into a corner and there's only one way out in their head, you know? And, and they may yeah. literally only have that way out as, as tragic and horrifying as their actions may be.
2: There's no one size fits all solution when it comes to hair care. A product that works wonders for curls might make straight hair limp and greasy. I know for me, I feel like I need to wash my hair almost every single day. Otherwise, it gets so greasy so quickly. That's why I need a certain kind of shampoo and conditioner that fits my needs. And thanks to my personalized pros routine, I can honestly say I've never been more in love with my hair. Pros is so unique because you sign on, answer a few questions about your hair and your hair goals, and they create a customized formula specific to just your hair hair i received a shampoo and a conditioner and a nice spray that i can use which actually protects my hair when i straighten every day that's how i get that short cute blunt bob but honestly this shampoo and conditioner makes my hair feel so fresh after coming out of the shower and really long-lasting and healthy throughout the day pros is the healthy hair regimen with your name all over it take your free in-depth hair consultation and get 15 percent off your first order today Go to prose.com slash shaken. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash shaken for your free in-depth hair consultation and 15% off.
0: Well, the sisters decided to put their plan into action on a weekend when their younger brother robert wasn't around oh i didn't even remember they had a younger brother and their mother was already sure to be drinking once anne had mixed the pills and alcohol the girls would draw her a bath and make her death look like an accidental bathtub drowning which Uh is not going to go over well you know 2002 there's going to be an autopsy you know you know that's not the best plan of action here um,
2: well, unless, 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 I mean, in theory, the mother could have, you know, even it if it was an OD and, and then drown yeah, you know, yeah. gets unconscious and drowns in the bathtub. In theory, that doesn't prove that that's murder. Well, that's then true. That could yeah. have easily been a suicide. So
1: maybe that was good point. You know, that's sort of their point here. Good yeah. point. Yeah. And there's already lots and lots of evidence that mom is an alcoholic. Exactly. Great point,
0: Megan. This is why we bring Megan on once a month, you guys. Yeah,
1: this is why. (laughs) Or more.
0: Well, after Anne was dead, the sisters planned to go to a restaurant called Jack Astor's with two of their friends, Alana Snow and Troy Fitzgerald, in order to establish an alibi. In court, Catherine testified to the existence of this plan, however vehemently stated that she and her sister had abandoned the murder plan. Okay. So, however, numerous okay. so however numerous chat logs between the sisters, Alana and Troy, as well as testimony given by both Alana and Troy, confirm that the plan was always in action and the sisters had never abandoned it. And now, I'm guessing chat logs 2002, I'm thinking that's either AOL Instant Messenger or MSN Instant Messenger. I think ICQ, Darren, correct me if I'm wrong, may have phased out by then.
2: Uh, I- <laughs> It yeah no it might have because I think now is kind of let's say I was starting high school then yeah. so I think a little bit I mean that because like just texting on I was phones just gonna say texting be- started came sort of that new technology then yeah but what I think is weird is that I don't know like if one of my friends mm. texted me about this plan like would I. Take it seriously. Like, I I think I would have my flares up here. Absolutely. And and I'm not saying that, like, you know, we often talk about sort of inflection and jokes. Like, oh, my God, I'm so mad at my mother. I could kill her. It's different than saying, like, we're going to pretend an accidental drowning in the bathtub by (laughs) drugging her because she's an alcoholic. Right. Right. That, yeah, like, I'm curious of what these friends are thinking at this time as they're kind of hearing about this plan being hatched.
0: Well, even, you know, a couple months prior to Anne's death, Catherine told her friend Troy about the plan to kill her mother. Troy testified in court that Catherine was unhappy and, quote, thought the murder would be a good idea. So, what's that about?
2: How are these, okay, like... I don't know. I guess they're young and nature nurture. But, like, I knew then that murder or killing people was wrong. Yeah, yeah. Or did you
0: tune in to another episode of Shaken and Disturbed?
2: yeah, that's next week's episode. Megan's right. still doing the research, yeah, and figuring out how many people, as people I've we killed. Talk, she's, yes. re- yeah, she's in real time. In yeah. real, in real time. <laughs> time, yeah, exactly. She's ta- <laughs> she's talking to the people. She's talking to the press. Oh my God. that'll <laughs> interview.
1: That's out. And that's yeah, why exactly.
0: we keep her on the show. You know, she's that's that right. good. Right. Well, this initial conversation between Catherine and Troy took place at uh, school, but as time went on, they continued to discuss it in phone calls or on instant messenger. So, like I said, getting that AOL, you know. It. People probably didn't even know AOL was logging messages back then because it was so new. By the way, I it was an MSN no yeah. Messenger. What, yeah, just... it was
2: MSN Messenger. It was MSN and, like, Messenger. Okay, MSN. No one knew about – I never thought about like – Me either. You know, because the internet was so – Just Fresh. so novel, yeah. at least at the time. You know, like now if I mention like Happy Socks, then an ad for Happy Socks will <laughs> yeah, pop up right? on my – There was nothing about – that then that i recall no, i don't totally. remember ever my parents being like be careful what you type because <laughs> this is you know so yeah that was so novice at the time and, that i think uh, you never thought about it
0: before. yeah and don't get me started on saying things out loud and then getting instagram ads about it Ugh. it's a whole other conversation we'll save that for an nmr episode on our patreon
2: i hope you get so many dunkin donuts oh
0: i'm sure i will or fun fatty you know yes. it's gonna happen Well, about a month before Anne's death, Troy was given more detail about the plot. He learned that Catherine and Caroline would offer Anne some form of painkiller and drown her in the bathtub. So not only are they learning that that this is their intention, Troy the friend is also learning they now even have a plan and this is becoming more and more premeditated. Now, Troy recalled speaking to Catherine numerous times about the plan, particularly about an alibi and her use of gloves in the killing to make sure that no fingerprints were left behind. At this time, Troy agreed to be involved as an alibi, understanding that the sister's other friend, Alana, would also be an alibi. And that's where Troy kind of messes up, I'm assuming. I mean, we'll get into more of the details, but agreeing to be an alibi like just those words should never come out of anyone's mouth.
2: And part of me, and Megan, I'm curious what you kind of thought as you were doing this, but as we're sort of, this is unfolding, I can't tell if this is just, Troy is an idiot, you know, and he doesn't understand the repercussions because he's a kid, or is it like kids banding together to help their friends. Like what is like, his in motive a weird, you're asking? dark way right like yeah. kids you know they share blood to be blood brothers and they don't realize that like That's hey true. that could be bad you know like there's some sort of camaraderie and like undying loyalty that comes with that age when you're friends with somebody Ooh, and point, I can't yeah. tell I what did you think Megan when you were kind of uncovering this did you think like oh boy Troy's bad news or were you like I don't know this could
1: be just a friendship thing. I got the impression that the two sisters were serious about what they were going to do. And Troy and Alana were kind of just going along with it. Floating along. these yeah. two girls were like, hardcore, going to murder someone. And it was a big deal. And it was what they were talking about. And it was what their friends were talking about. And they didn't want to get left behind so right. there wasn't really a choice, but I mean, of course there, there was a choice, but you know, socially when you're 14 years old, you're, you're going <laughs> to go along with that because you don't understand. Sure. Yeah, of course. Sure. I know. I think, and I think
2: that's kind of a combination of the both almost, right? Like you want to help your friend out and you don't really understand that killing someone is actually like permanent
1: in some sort of way. Yeah. maybe, yeah. And I what got the, the ramifications they, are as well yeah
0: sorry right. Megan go ahead right
1: no I got the impression that Troy especially will will go into the chat logs but it didn't strike me that he looked at it as being like a real thing mm. it seemed like a a, a theoretical oh yeah uh, make thing sure to talk gloves. about Lowell. or something yeah. Yeah. yes
2: right and like I something don't... you might see on CSI yeah. or something like that exactly
1: oh that's a yes. great right.
0: way to put it yeah
2: Well, some of the most compelling evidence in this case were actually the chat logs, obviously, that took place between Caroline, Catherine, and Troy throughout January of 2003, starting January 4th and continuing through January 27th. Now, these chats contain conversation between the three friends outlining their plan to kill their mother in a way that extremely closely resembled Mm. her actual manner of death. Now, the series of events that followed Anne's death are also very... uh, they, as I said, they were just, they closely resembled this plan as discussed by the three friends. And many of these chats just were cold blooded, uh, for lack of a better term here. Now on January 2nd, 2003, Troy stated to Caroline that he thought it was quote, going a little better with your mom, to which Caroline asked if he'd still help as an alibi. Troy responded. Yeah, sure. Then asked still planning that one out to which Caroline responded. Yep. Drowning tub followed by fell hit head drown, sleeping pills, she won't be able to move. Ugh. This is very, um, this is very, uh, what is it? Like a, a text phonetic kind of thing, as I'm saying <laughs> right, it. Right, like, right. as I'm saying, like, fell, hit, head drown. There's a lot of ellipses, ellipses in between, yeah. but that, so I'm just kind of saying it with these pauses, but Troy later commented that it was, quote, common sense to have someone drunk before you make their murder look like a suicide.
0: Mm. Oh, How does he know uh, that? Is that?
2: Is that common sense? Mm. Because I feel like... If we're already talking about this, there's no common sense kind of being played well, into this. Well, first of all, but...
0: common sense is like you know, if um, the sun is in your eyes, you put your hand over the sun. That's common sense, not
2: or you put on sunglasses.
0: Sunglasses, <laughs> right? Like how about that? What he just right. explained is a something. You, is something you learn that is not common sense.
2: Yeah, and, you know, Troy later testified that he took the plan seriously. On January 5th, Caroline chatted with Troy, letting him know she and Catherine were planning for, like, next week, at which point Troy asked that Caroline not type things because he was paranoid. It's just interesting what, how this is kind of all unfolding. Like, maybe he didn't take it seriously at first, but then once he knew that they were being yeah. serious about it. He kind of wised up to this whole, like, paper trail thing. Now, Troy also let Caroline know he planned to delete this hmm. chat log because he did not want to take the risk. But he also advised Caroline to buy a 40 of vodka first. Okay, so buy a 40 of vodka first, then delete the chat.
0: But also, the, it's so interesting because I was just saying, like, people probably didn't know to delete back then, but he had the the foresight.
2: The wherewithal. Yeah, to, like, right.
0: think about that. I mean, that's kind of surprising to me, especially being so young. So it...
2: At least to me, at least to me for what we know now, and let me know if you guys disagree, Troy is more deliberate about this almost than the girls because the girls yeah. don't seem to even uh, have recognized that there could be something wrong, where Troy obviously recognizes that there's something wrong right. and is going ahead with it anyway, I agree. Uh, which arguably could be worse. Now, on January 12th, Caroline chatted to Troy, letting him know she and Catherine had, quote, set a date of the following weekend can kind of do this. They discussed asking another friend for help. However, Troy dismissed the idea, saying, this is so, like, young, LOL, I don't think there's any point in dragging more people. End Mm. quote. Uh, Starting with an LOL when you're talking about a murder plot is very very kid-like. But uh, that's sort of my problem here with Troy is that he seems to know better and to continue on anyway.
0: Yeah, yeah. he's almost like, I don't know, this could be just be me projecting this, but he almost seems eager. You know, like, it's almost like he's like, look at all these things and details I've thought out that are more thoughtful than you guys. You know, I don't know. Maybe I'm just thinking too much into it and I'm making it a, like, episode of, an ep- like, Snapped or something. But um, I don't know. He just seems very mature about how to approach all this, which is surprising given their ages.
2: In a dark way, yes, yeah, he does exactly. seem mature. Yeah. yeah, that's what I mean.
0: Well, on January 13th, the most incriminating chat took place between Troy and Caroline. They talked through the process of drowning Anne in detail. Troy promised to be an alibi for the two sisters and suggested a p- specific alibi, which he described as irrefutable. Troy offered uh, to be present with the girls after they had committed the murder and suggested ways in which they should have W- ways in which they should behave to fool the police. Okay, so it's one thing yeah. to, like, make the plan on, on MSN Instant Messenger, which, by the way, I was a huge fan of. Because you could set a profile picture. You know, you couldn't do that on AIM. But anyway.
2: What was your what was your Instagram? I mean, in your AIM, uh, like, handle again? Oh,
0: my AIM screen name was yeah. ArchangelX24. Thank you very much.
2: That's... That's right. That's also your X-Men. porn name. That's my porn name. Megan, yeah. what what was yours? Um, I don't remember what it was.
0: <laughs> and Darren, yours? It was
2: like Ta- taxidermy lady <laughs> eight four one. Um, stuff squirrel one oh
0: one or something.
2: Yeah, stuff squirrel. Would have been mine. such a good one. <laughs> also, did you read on our Facebook post, Megan, about that like botched cat taxidermy oh, thing? Oh, My God, I did. It was so. It was good. terrifying. <laughs> yeah, it was so especially because it was a cat I just like I, know. I don't know I just like I couldn't read it go but it to our was, Facebook group good. if
0: you guys don't know what we're talking about cause it's if similar. you don't know
2: what we're talking about um, and Megan taxidermies in case you guys are unaware right uh, so- mine was soccer star with two K's that's right and no A in the star so it was really like soakerster
0: well I'm glad it wasn't three K's let's just put it that way that could my have been... dad
2: created it which okay. also says everything you need okay. to know about my okay. social life back in the day okay <laughs> Let's, let's, was we're this during on. your let's computer on.
0: party? He was like, "Let's make her a probably. screen <laughs> name." Yeah,
2: it probably was. That's, okay, that my dad's sense. cool. Yeah, that makes right? sense. Your
0: yeah, dad he's is cool. cool. He drives a Tesla. He's yeah, cool.
2: He's, he he is cool.
0: Um... Where are we here in this story? I'm a back, little. Back to oh, right. Who so, are Troy, cool, yes. Troy is saying we, we need to, you know, I'll stay with you and we need to fool the police, which I think is another layer of premeditation here. So, Troy advised that Caroline and Catherine include Tylenol 3s in the drugging process to make sure Anne was knocked out before the drowning. So, he was kind of responsible for that. On January 14th, Ka- uh, Catherine chatted with Troy, stating, quote, We're planning to do something this Saturday, very hopefully, end quote. Hmm. A few days later, on January 18th, around midday, Caroline and Catherine began encouraging their mother to drink vodka to the point of drunkenness. And the two also gave Anne six Tylenol 3 pills. Now, three, no, six pills of anything sounds like a lot, but especially this. Um,
2: it does, but um, I, like, did Anne take it voluntarily?
1: Did they mix it well, in her drink? Well, it sounded like they they encouraged her to take them, like they they sort of gave them to her and she take them. Like, was the impression impressioning over something? Yeah. Okay. Got gotcha, it. Okay. Gotcha,
0: gotcha. Well, at this point, the sisters then filled the bath and helped their mother into the tub. Once Anne was in the water, the girls told their mother to lie on her stomach so they could massage and wash her back at which time Caroline submerged Anne's head under the water and held it there for approximately four minutes. Now, my thoughts, too, go to, like, okay, like, what's going on here where, like, even under all this influence that her mother is, their mother is under, you're going to just jump in the tub? Like, I don't know. There's a lot of little things, nuances about, like, how this is unfolding that just feel off to me for some reason.
2: No, I I mean, that's... That's clear. I mean, this sounds like yeah, but maybe I don't know. Maybe it,
0: she was just so drunk and on drugs that she just didn't know any better, which is sad. Yeah. After Caroline right. and Catherine determined for sure that their mother was dead, the girls left their home for Jack Astor's, where they met with their friends and spent the night celebrating their accomplishment. Well, they better not have funfetti cake there. I know that much. <laughs>
2: yeah, well, I, that they better be having Starbucks coffee. Yeah. to punish themselves for this horrible thing <laughs> right. They just did.
0: Oh, my god. Bring in it
2: back full circle. Okay. Yes.
0: Yeah, bring it in a full circle there. Well, when they returned home, the sisters called emergency services, reporting that they'd found their mother drowned in the bathtub. So everything's going mm. as planned, by the way. This is pretty much at this point exactly how they had planned this out. Well, exactly. Anne's cause of death was initially determined to be drowning. Forensic analysis of her bodily fluids showed very high levels of alcohol and drugs, including Tylenol and codeine. Anne's time of death was placed sometime before 10.30 p.m. when the 911 call was placed from the house. So at this point, they don't know much else other than she died before the phone call.
2: Yeah, and you know what? I, I, in a lot of ways, I mean, outside of the whole messaging of text chats and just put that aside, if I was a police officer and, you know, two girls who were in their mid-teens, let's say, are reporting this— my inclination is to believe them and and I think there's a lot of prejudice that probably comes along with that but sometimes it's almost hard to believe that a woman could do it let alone two female kids could do this and I know that sounds kind of crazy but that's uh, you know like I think there is sort of an innocence that kind of comes with that that I could see the cops being particularly kind of confused by this whole thing. Now, the sisters told investigators that they had left their home around 6 p.m., at which time Anne was alive, drunk, and about to take a bath. Anne's death was officially considered an accidental drowning for 11 months until Mm. an acquaintance of the two girls, referred to in court records as SW, went to authorities with information.
0: I want to chime in really quickly. SW, I just want to make sure we do know that SW is not Serena Williams, we ca- we did confirm that we it's it's.
1: Did Megan confirm it? Me- I called Serena Williams. You I did. called her cell Okay, phone good. And I was like, listen, okay,
0: where were you? Uh, that okay. was a close one, then.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, 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 we're good. <laughs> where were?
0: Where <worry>. were you, <laughs> Serena, like, Serena Williams? I can tell you exactly where she was on any date. I'm not kidding, by the way.
2: That's probably true. And uh, <laughs> Serena, do not take any Tylenol 3. Please from John don't. Rasher. Yeah. Okay. Please don't. Well, 21-year-old S.W. had known the sisters since they were children and at one time had lived in the same apartment building. Their mothers had been friends and all three had been childhood playmates. S.W.'s mother had babysat the sisters when all three were very young. After Anne's death in 2003, he and Caroline became reacquainted and he pursued her romantically. After the two had gotten more intimate in their conversation, Caroline had told S.W. that she had murdered her mother. Oh, my God. Which, again, like... Again, there's a lot of abuse going on here and there's a lot of childhood trauma. So I'm not saying she's just this perfectly like mm-hmm. happy-go-lucky normal person. This person was clearly through trauma. But this at least shows to me that she's not oh, – that murdering her mother has only been a good thing there has never been anything negative about it at all for her is what i'm saying so she doesn't even recognize that it's wrong there's no remorse
1: here
0: yeah i i totally agree with you and i and i align completely megan i'm curious about sw was that because they also hid his uh identity because he was a, a um a juvenile or no
1: Pretty much everyone involved in this case had their identity Mm. redacted in the court documents aside from the very, very early ones. Um, he wasn't a juvenile at the time. Obviously, he was 21 years old, but yeah. they wanted to remove the identity of anyone around the girls so that they would be less likely to be identified by the media. Mm, got that it. makes sense. Makes yeah, sense. right. Yeah. Like
2: They might omit my name and they'd have to omit my mom's name because if you don't omit my mom's right. name, then they're going to know it's Mason. Right. That, exactly. that tracks. Cool. Well, SW immediately went to the authorities with this information, so clearly a conscious is, is on this <laughs> yeah. person's mind now. S.W. was given a car, wired for video and audio, and assisted authorities in recording both sisters describing their roles in Anne's death. Wow. In these recorded conversations, S.W. brought up the earlier unrecorded conversation to Caroline, telling her that it really bothered him and he wanted to talk more about it. S.W. asked Caroline outright if she actually drowned her mother, to which she replied, Well, I sorta, I guess... Now, SW Hmm. then asked how she could have done it. Given Anne's size, and Caroline explained that Anne was drugged with booze and Tylenol 3, stating, quote, it was either me or her, and I'm younger, and I saw myself as having more potential. Huh.
0: Like, that's kind of weird and creepy. Like, imagine, like, planning out your life by taking another life. That's so messed up.
2: Well, Anne this like, it's her or me type of yeah. mentality. I and and I think that goes goes to show the kind of state that maybe these girls had been in and the abuse yeah. that they had suffered. That's no justification for murder. No, but for, yeah, I, th- I agree with you. But to your point earlier, John, I don't think it was just like, Oh yeah, my mother's just like not like this is it's either her or me. You know, mm. there's one plate of food on the table and it's her or me kind of thing. Yeah. And Well, SW then continued on to state that Anne's murder is really eating him, to which Caroline replied, What? The fact that I, like, physically did it? She was taking a bath, and I told her to turn around and held her head under.
0: Oh, boy. There you go.
2: Well, SW later went on to ask Catherine about the incident when the two were alone. During the taped conversation, Catherine admitted to being in on the murder, stating that although her her sister physically drowned Anne, Catherine had been the one to mix her mother's drinks that day, and that she had been in the room and complicit to the drama
0: I don't know about you but I was just thinking like this whole time and you know I've worked on some other shows when I worked at oxygen about taped confessions and things like that and it just reminded me that like I will never like imagine she's just joking about all this and I'm like what if somebody like asked me in a car like if you were to kill somebody how would you do it and I like jokingly like you know described everything like would that make me complicit in a way I don't know. It's just so easy to get that information from somebody, you know, just whenever you trust them.
1: I will right. say that there's a lot of information in these court records. Like they, they were yeah. pretty pretty voluminous, so I couldn't include it all here. But what these two girls were saying was not, there yes. was no way there to was nothing it vague as about like a, it. ha, 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 just kidding. Sort of like right. they went into it and right. – it was pretty clear that they weren't
0: and we love that family. right we love a solid easily put awayable type of case on the show my in my opinion we do love that <laughs> yeah
1: absolutely well
0: on january 24 24th, <laughs> did i just come up with a well new you word? wanted
2: to, you wanted to say your birthday Jan- but you didn't
0: <laughs> i think i and might have didn't. yeah on january yeah. 21st not forced January 21st, 2004, Caroline and Catherine were arrested in their home, and their computer was seized by police. Their computer was searched, and it contained very incriminating chat logs of the weeks before and after Anne's death the year prior. The evidence against the sisters was overwhelming. They had admitted publicly in numerous recorded conversations to the murder, as well as having many, many conversations in the lead-up to the crime via instant message. The sisters were found guilty and charged with first-degree murder. At first, the Crown attempted to have Caroline, 20 at the time, punished with life sentences without the possibility of parole for 10 years, and Catherine imprisoned for a minimum of 5 to 7 years. However, the presiding judge felt that although the girls had carried out the plan with chilling detachment, uh, he determined that a youth sentence of 10 years with a 6-year prison maximum was punishment enough due to their age. And let's. We'll get into this at the at the end here um, as we wrap up about sentencings. In 2009, Caroline was paroled after spending three years in prison and was released to a halfway house. After her release, she began studying engineering at a Canadian university. Catherine was paroled in 2010 and is now married, a married mom who started law school in 2014. And in 2014, the film Perfect Sisters, based on the crime, was released in theaters. I didn't. Did you guys see that? I never did see it.
2: I never saw it, but I heard of it. Yeah. Yeah, same, same with you.
0: Well, since the film's release, the case has garnered even more media attention, which is part of what spurred Caroline into giving her recent interview about the crime and some of the more sinister reasons behind it. We were mentioning some of those 2020 interviews, I believe, at the top of the show. Um, what do you guys think about this um, sentencing, Darren? I mean, we've talked about it a lot on I this do, show, but do you think it was justified in the in what we know?
2: I do have two kind of thoughts about this. I mean, one, they were children yeah. at the time. And I, and, I, and I truly believe, and this goes for across the board, mm-hmm. actually, in a lot of these things. I don't believe in really giving a child... A lifetime without parole. I mean, I do think there could be a mental health issue there, mental mm-hmm. health facilities, um, certainly a halfway house, you know, kind of kind of reinstituting them into the community. But, you know, committing a crime when you're a kid and then kind of never being able to recover yeah. doesn't feel right to me in yeah. um, just a moral issue. On the other hand, could you imagine for a second, because, you know, Carol, Catherine is a married mom who started law school. Could you imagine, like going on a date with someone and then Googling them and find out that they killed their mother in a bathtub. How
0: how does that happen? I have no idea. And this isn't even the first time we've heard of this happening, and I agree with you. I'm like, how how do you break that news on a date?
2: Yeah, I don't know. But the sentencing, and, you know, I don't know. I don't really know what's right in terms of, is it 10 years, is it 15 years, but I do know that life without the possibility of parole Mm -hmm. for kids does not seem right to me. Megan, do you have an opinion on this?
1: Yeah, I, I am very inclined to agree with you. This was such a brutal sort of intimate, Murder in my head, right? Because you had these two girls in the bathroom with their mom in the bath and they're like, mom, turn around. Let me massage your back. Let me wash your back. And then they drowned her. Right. So the amount of just terrible that the situation must Mm -hmm. have been and the amount of like emotional, I don't want to say like emotional fortitude, but that is kind of what I mean that it must have taken them to go through with it. Mm Mm-hmm says to me that the situation was just
0: dire beyond
1: terrible and that it probably was a situation of it's her or me and whether it's continuing to stay in an abusive situation or continuing to be Mm -hmm. sexually assaulted by someone close to them uh, that's that's horrific and nobody did anything so I think that the sentence that they got at least gives them the opportunity to get out of prison while they're young and to have lives which they wouldn't if they were in jail until they were 45
0: and it gets right there would
2: have been so many victims of that if they had stayed in jail to your point sorry John and I I just want to say it maybe maybe there is some sort of and this is me entirely projecting on something I want to see we don't know this for sure but Mm -hmm. given the fact that Catherine became a lawyer I do kind of wonder if that's her sort of penance maybe to help people Mm. in similar situations or to understand people's backgrounds before we sentence them in some ways. I don't know, but I'd be curious. You
0: know, Darren, I was thinking too about what you were just saying about breaking the news. Imagine breaking the news to your child that you killed their grandmother. I mean, that's a whole other level of scary, sad.
2: No, it's it's horrible all around. I mean, and you know what I hope? At the end of this, I hope that uh, the girls, at least, I'm curious what the brother thinks because the brother's not even really mentioned in this. Yeah. He lost potentially two sisters and a mother during this whole thing. But right, I, I do hope that the girls have turned their life around. It sounds for like they better. may have, yeah. Um, and if they have, then. As horrible as this was, then that's at least a good thing that can come out of at it.
0: At least they're contributing to the well being of society in some way or another, right? That's what we're yes, looking at. Absolutely.
2: absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, after that case, <laughs> uh, thank you, Megan, for amazing research. And yeah, I'm curious research. to hear from all of from all of our listeners seeing if you guys have seen Perfect Sisters or what you guys think about this case obviously let us know but let's end on some positivity here. I want to end on some listener shout outs and I'm going to start with Ashley in our Facebook group who said today's episode is from my hometown. I think I might have requested this case a couple of years ago to y'all. Glad y'all covered it. I remember when this all broke out. Now Ashley I think we remember you requesting it but another listener Amanda also requested it way back in 2017. Wow. So just <laughs> FYI even if you had sort of you know, give us a case suggestion. A hundred million years ago, we yeah. still check it. Megan's still researching all of them. <laughs> <at> Megan's <some laughs> doing it, yeah. Ha- Megan's doing everything. Um, But yeah, thank you, Ashley. Thank you, Amanda. Thank you to all who keep sort of, you know, just keep giving us cases to do because we want to get to all of them unfortunately uh you know mur- as i always say murder's not recession proof and there's a lot to cover here so that's right we try and do once a week but thank you both so much
0: that's right and they, that was in reference to i think last week's episode the todd colep episode so just
2: that's correct. for reference yes.
0: there um last here's another uh listener shout out last week i started violently choking Dar- uh megan that's you might right. not have, see- have heard this During the recording, you didn't hear it on the episode because I cut it out, but if you're interested in hearing it, it's- It's pretty funny. It's available on our Patreon. You can hear me like take a sip, I start choking- I fi- I'm trying to find the mute button so Darren isn't distracted by me muting, <laughs> by me choking. And then I start laughing at myself because it's so absurd how loud I'm choking. Then I, like, unmute myself so I can be like, mm-hmm, that's totally right, Darren. And then I mute <laughs> myself again. It's a whole big mess.
2: And then you, like, <laughs> laugh at yourself about yeah. it? Yeah. It's really funny. Yeah.
0: It's like, what, what am I doing? This is so unprofessional. But... Um, it is available. I mean,
2: if there's any reason to pay money, you, it should be to get John Thrasher's sounds of his bodily fluids coming out of his mouth. That's right. (laughs) So if that's not worth like $5, I don't know what what is
0: right. And we promised behind the scenes content and this is what people are signing up for. So there you go. A lot of people wanted to hear it, apparently, including Jessica in our Facebook group who said, don't take this away from us. Yes. Post it. And Stephanie who said, share it. I choke on my own saliva sometimes. So so Stephanie, that's not good. If you're choking on your own saliva, yeah. like you might need to seek medical help.
2: But I think this just goes to show podcast hosts, they're just like you. They're oh, just you like know, you. We're all, <laughs> we're all trying to learn how to spit and swallow at the same time. It's just John just can't can't handle it sometimes. You just can't handle that's it. That's
0: right. Well, if you want more episodes yes. of Shaken and Disturbed, plus bonus content photos and videos that we don't post anywhere else, you can sign up for our Patreon. For as low as $5 a month, you can support us as independent creators, and it really goes a long way. By the way, your support also goes to Megan, uh, because we could not do this show without her. So just to be clear, Megan is benefiting from our Patreon love as well, so... Um, thank you and again, Megan. I appreciate
2: Megan. it so much. Oh, yes, good. If not for us, do it for Megan. For right, Foxy.
0: exactly. She's the
2: better one out <laughs> of all of us,
0: yes. She literally makes the show. So you can even get 15% off of your Patreon subscription, whatever it may be, if you sign up annually. So no monthly billing hassle. It's pretty amazing. And we are loving uh, your case suggestions as well. We try to prioritize our Patreon listeners whenever they send us case suggestions. So there you go.
2: And if you and if you sign up now, you'll get our next postcard, oh which should be going out very soon. You're not going to want to miss this one. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling this one's going to be pretty funny. That's mm-hmm. all I'll say about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that you're going to want to watch, Megan. I want to thank you for coming on the show. Now, where can people follow you? Are you still doing Rocky Horror Picture Show? Update us on all of that stuff. So, because you know, last week when you weren't on, I did say that you haven't asked me to come on and be <laughs> That's hamburger right. yet. And I feel like I shouldn't have to try out because I feel like the part's already mine. And I just want you to tell the listeners that the part is mine.
1: Oh, yes. yes the part is okay. absolutely Darren. Darren is the Hamburger in the Rocky Horror Picture Show. And Thank no you. one will tell me otherwise. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so um, for a yeah, limited we're, run
0: we're, in, in New York City, yeah, is the run. Li- it's very limited. Yeah.
1: It's a very limited yeah. run. Yeah. But you can see me as Hamburger. Sorry. Go ahead, <laughs> Megan. For sure. um i am on where am i on i'm on instagram (laughs) if you want to look look at my instagram it's mostly pictures of my animals and like stupid shit that i see on the street (laughs) it's quality content subscribed instantly yes uh i'm at f off meg e-f-f-o-f-f-m-e-g and if you like rocky horror um some of my my cast members and i do a podcast called rocky talkie (laughs) and uh, we, we talk it. about Rocky Horror in the news and in, in the shadow casting community and we give like history lessons it's fun if it's a very niche sort of thing but if it's the niche that you're into you could check us out online at RockyTalkyPodcast.com
0: and all of these and links our- are in our show notes if you are looking all to of get our show
1: notes, and I'm just, everything from Megan I'm curious
2: as to why Megan hasn't asked me to come on and talk about my <laughs> Hamburger experience but that's fine like maybe
1: you're saving it Yeah. well like we gotta debut you as Hamburglar first right and then right, we right, have right, to right. have you on you need guest. me to no, murder
0: you bi- as hamburglar and it is then... a big
1: part
2: right guys like i've oh never God, seen it. Yeah. it is a big part right okay it's so huge, it's like the yeah. main person okay cool. cool i'm cool, convinced cool, cool. that dan's well,
0: gonna think that the hamburglar is actually the name of a, a character on the show uh, which is fine let's just, just let, go let me with like it. yeah
2: You're going to see me in, like, a CNN news report 20 years later, you know, roughly referencing this. And, like, you know, like Hamburglar in Rocky Horror Picture Show. And then that's when the karmic retribution will also uh, really come back. And you and Megan can have a good laugh about it. I
0: love that. Finally, guys, before we wrap up the show, if you have a second and you haven't yet, please rate and review us on your favorite podcasting apps, Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you... Listen to us. Uh, Your five-star review could really help us get discovered and go a very long way. And if you've already done it, thank you. Guys, this was such a fun show. I'm I'm loving having Megan back. Megan, I know you've been busy moving and everything, but hopefully you'll come back again in a couple weeks.
1: I have been so busy moving, but yep, we're all (laughs) unpacked now in the middle of Manhattan, and I can't wait to join you in a few weeks. Yeah, I absolutely love it. Thank you both so much,
2: and uh, we'll see you guys next week for another episode of Shaken and Disturbed. Bye.